0: Good morning, Awakened Saints, Awakenites. It's uh, it's good to have you all here this morning. I mean, like this week has it not been amazing? The weather has been beautiful. This is like this is the perfect time of year to live in Florida. And uh, so I'm excited for uh, this morning. Most of you in here know that over the course of the past six weeks, seven weeks, we've been going through the core, which is walking through the core values of our church and movement, going through are eight values in seven weeks. And I told you we weren't very good at math, but that's how we roll. So this week we close out our series on the core. By talking about a topic I, I'm, I'm confident will be exciting and will engage all of you because it's relevant for all of you. It's the, the core value of every member a minister. And um, so I'm excited, every member a minister as is defined as this idea that every Christian is empowered by God's Holy Spirit to be a worker in the church. In other words, uh, I love how Katie Hopkins just happened to share with me yesterday. She's like, you know, there's there's some churches where 10% of the people do 90% of the work. I love that we're part of a church where 80, 90% of our people do 100% of the work of ministry. And that's what we believe the church is supposed to be all about, where the pastors and leaders, we're doing our part in equipping the saints for the work of service. And the way that we believe that happens is by helping you discover your spiritual gifts, your spiritual shape, and then giving you opportunities to serve according to those gifts in ministry in some way. And so if some of you are in here saying, I don't know what that looks like, I don't know if I've had that experience, fantastic. This week, right, after our service today, we're gonna have our Partnership Two class which kind of takes you through a period of self-assessment where you're able to discover your gifts and how that applies to ministry. So just plan to stay after church, we'll serve you lunch, and you'll go through that personal assessment. It's a great opportunity and a very timely one today. So anyway, enough infomercials. So we're gonna dive in, and we're gonna talk about this through a panel of our deacons and first responders. And I love these guys. They're four of our favorites in the church, and they've got... A lot to share with you all this morning. Not that we have favorites in the church, thinking about that any more than you have a favorite kid. We don't believe in favorites. I meant favorites like in a metaphysical way. Not metaphysical, but metaphysical meaning metaphorically in a galactic level, <laughs> me- metaphysical. So, metaphorical way, there are favorites. So, anyway, summary no favorites. We don't even like them, so, but we believe they got some great things to share with you this Sunday and about this idea of every member, a minister. So with that said, I'm going to turn it over to them and basically we'll start with Charles and what I'll have you do is kinda go around, all four of you, and just briefly share who you are, like briefly, you know, who you are and what responsibilities you have in the church and that's where we'll begin.
1: Good morning. This is weird hearing my voice out there because normally I'm in the back yelling. Um, So he says briefly, but he picked the wrong four for brief is the problem. Um, I'm Charles. I'm a first responder. Uh, You said duties and responsibilities, right? So uh, I'm responsible for nothing. Yes. Uh, So I'm completely irresponsible. I, uh. So actually, as a first responder, I handle ties and communion. Um, we count ties in the back. We, it's an accountability thing for the church. Um, I handle giving a, a communion presentation occasionally. And then I also fill in when necessary. So if they need somebody to, to run something, to clean up um, something, I am uh, first in line to be called on. Um, one of my other, like, kind of more esoteric responsibilities is to make sure that y'all have fun. Uh, I love keeping it light. Our pastors are fantastic, and they are serious, and they are on message and on point, but sometimes they get so far on point that they forget we need to relax and have a bit of fun. So that's where I come in and make sure that we're having a blast. Um, good
2: morning. Check, check. You're good. Okay, thank you. Um, good morning. My name is Valerie Hardman. Um, I am that's right that's right no i'm kidding um i am the wife of paul hardman and uh, i have to give him credit because he's you know my better half so but um i am also one of the first responders here i am a home group leader paul and i co-led a home group together um kind of have those same similar responsibilities um that charles was
3: saying and then i also just disciple some women in the church so awesome thanks Hey there. Um, so my name is Jessica O'Brien, and I am also a first responder. Um, I am in the worship band, and I also help out with Awaken Kids in addition to all the um, first responder duties. Uh, so that's my role here.
1: She does everything. Don't, <laughs> let her, don't let her fool you. I'm so glad
3: you said she that. She does I'm
1: everything. You know how our house stays afloat, or our, our church stays up? That lady, okay? Her <laughs> and Laura Rob. Moving on. <laughs>
4: Less impressively, I'm Stephen. Um, I'm Stephen Freeman, uh, my wife Caroline, and our two little boys, um, and uh, we co-lead a home group. Uh, I'm one of the deacons here. Um, my responsibility revolves around uh, the digital side, so uh, like Facebook, Facebook ads, uh, website, stuff like that. Um, I, uh, that's my job. I, I work in marketing as well, so it's, it's kind of just leveraging a, a skill I already have for, uh, for the church, but that's brief introduction. I was also serving kids ministry too, which I like.
2: And he even remembered for all of us to take a selfie up here. That's true. That was was for the website. So, you know.
0: (laughs) Very cool. So I know for some of you who are kind of newer to church, or even some of you have been part of church for a long time, you might be familiar with the idea of what a deacon is or deaconess. We have men and women deacons in our church. And then this idea of first responder, what in the world is a first responder? So how about if we, before we dive in any further, can you guys share with our church what it means to be a deacon and what it means to be a first responder, what that looks like? Yeah,
4: so you're right. I mean, the terms are, are uh, at least deacon is, is very, hello there. So at least a deacon is very, uh, it's used a lot in church, and I uh, just kind of want to explain how we use that term um, and, uh, and how someone like, I think I'm the youngest, I feel like the, the youngest person, but um, uh, could, could like be a deacon in a church like this. So um, our deacons are, um, are people that have gone through our LDP process. So LDP is the leadership development program it's two years, which I don't feel like was fully explained to me when I started, but I stuck through it anyway. Bait and switch. Yeah, it was bait and switch. So were like, you're doing this little program thing? I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely, I'm in. Oh, two years. Okay, I'm still in. It's fine. Um, when uh, Andrew first showed me the, the material that we were going through, he said, Yo, just come by the office. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the book. You know, and So I go there, and it's a spiral-bound thing, like this thick. And I was like, okay, like this, this is serious. And he's like, no, no, that's volume one. Sorry. <laughs> He gives me another one. I was like, okay, two in two years, that makes sense. He gives me another one and then a fourth one. So it's four like, volume books that we go through in two years. It is a lot of reading, a lot of discussion, but it's great because it, what it does is it walks you through um, not just basic faith stuff, but also leadership and plurality of leadership and you know history of stuff in uh, the Great Commission Church Movement. Um, it's, it's super, super helpful. We uh, enjoyed our time, our, our, uh, our class uh, that we all went through together. Um, we definitely had fun. Um, and then uh, first responders, um, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but essentially it's um, the, the responsibilities of being the first people tapped in to, to jump in. So people that are kind of set aside to say, hey, if there's a need, let me know, because I'm in. Um, things like tithes and uh, communion and uh, and Pray for Jacks, which is an initiative we do every month. Um, so le- leading uh, initiatives like that.
1: Cool. Uh, Good. Yeah, no, I'm gonna add on to that, actually. So he's writing all those things. Um, It also, I mean, kind of like a really solid definition of it means that uh, the first responders in the church are the certified and trusted representatives of the church who are given authority on occasion to help lighten the load on the pastors. So if we need a VBS run or we need a homeless outreach run or something like that, we don't have to go through our four pastors who have other aims and other uh, ministries that they should be in charge of. So it gives us, we have authority to make decisions and we're trusted in those decisions.
0: Amen. Amen. Very cool. Anything else on that one? Cool. Hopefully that was clear. Not clear, but very clear. So awesome. I'm excited to have you guys serve. So, uh, I mean, again, a good number of the people in our church are already involved in some type of ministry, involved in some type of serving, and sometimes it can be difficult to take a step back from that. So as you guys have been looking back on your years of ministry, and not just as deacons and first responders, but even before, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of serving in ministry, and then even the most challenging part of serving in ministry?
1: Uh, So I'll go ahead and start on this one. Um, So I'm more challenged than rewarded, but I am rewarded equally. It's kind of weird. Uh, So honestly, for me, the biggest challenge of only being a first responder, and I say only because it's how I look at it, or just being a first responder uh, is because I like having a purpose. I like having a very specific task, and I like having um, the knowledge that what I'm doing is helping the pastors. These are my good friends. I love them, uh, and so when they brought out the list of places where they could possibly use a deacon, I was I was in tears because none of them had my name on them. But I'm rewarded with the knowledge that um, I'm multi talented and i'm multi-gifted which means that i'm actually in a much better spot as a first responder because i can be used in so many different ways And that's rewarding in and of itself because I have the time. I have the opportunity to hang out with uh, some of the younger college guys here in the church. We have awesome, honest conversations together, and it's fantastic. Um, I see our kids growing and stuff that I've been involved with that. I've made a bunch of really awesome errors that have led to a lot of fun with the kids. Um, (laughs) uh, And I've been able to be a part of missions trips because these are things that um, they're not specific deacon-led things, but there are things where we need leadership in, and so being a first responder, um, it's both challenging in, in the fact that I'm not like titled, and then I'm also rewarded because I'm not titled. I get that opportunity to be free to do whatever I want, because I would get bored stuck in a title. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. That's mine. Yeah. And I appreciate that distinction that you made,
0: right? I, that... When we look at our top leaders, right, and our deacons and deaconesses and our first responders, distinction has nothing to do with character or ministry skills or experience. The key is deacons have been given a specific task or role to oversee in our church as designated by the pastors. And the first responders are kind of a bit more free-flowing and able to tackle their own ministries and then being able to jump in and dive in as available. So, oh cool, I appreciate you sharing that, bud. Who else wants to?
2: I'll jump in. so we've been, um, a mem- we've been members of Awakened Church here for 10 years. We originally started in Gator Christian Life. Um, and I remember, and it's funny, we have some of our dear friends who supported mm. us so many years, um, but I remember when I first started and jumped up into my first leadership role, I had no idea what I was doing. I just know, knew that I loved Jesus and I trusted my elders, and they said that I should help start a home group. Um and I remember distinctly not being prepared for the devil attacking. And I think whenever we're taking steps of faith and leadership, the Bible tells us, right? First Peter 5, 7, the devil is a prowling lion. It tells us, um, gosh, mm-hmm. right after Jesus was baptized, mm-hmm. what was the first thing that happened after this wonderful moment? He gets led into temptation by the devil. And I think we have to be not even just aware of the devil, but be prepared that the devil is going to come and attack because he also, at the same time, he wants to take, he knows once you have Christ in your life, he's lost with you, right? And so we recognize that, but we fail to remember that he is still going to attack us because he wants you to be as ineffective as possible, Right? Because he doesn't want those other people to become, you know, to be served and to be, you know, to be one for our wonderful leader. And so that to me was is the most challenging, right? Um, and I think also we remember that why are we doing all of this? Because once we become a believer, our identity has changed. Our identity is in him, not Mm -hmm. in our life and our circumstances. And I just think we have to remember here that we are his vessels. We are here, you know, first Peter 1 16, be holy, for I am holy. And whatever we are doing, people are going to disappoint us. Um, our vision is going to change. Things are going to happen. But Christ never leaves. The Holy Spirit never stops moving. And you just have to remember, we're planting seeds. Um, and we may not see those seeds, but when we do, it is just for much, if not so more for the believer than it is for the people that you're impacting, right? And the God never forsakes us. And we just see more of his yeah. love that way. So Cool.
0: Thanks, Val. I appreciate the reminder, right, that... God has crafted a certain way to minister. This is our responsibility, and God will bless us for it, but we're gonna face opposition as well. Thanks. I want you two, uh, Jokers at the end. Any thoughts? And the we're blessings. being very well-behaved. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're in our best behavior. Yeah. We're trying to be.
4: So for me, the, um, the most rewarding part is um, doubling down on an investment that's already paying out so well. Um, there's so much language in the gospels of, um, like, uh, in, investment terminology and finance terminology. And, um, and for me looking at this as, as this community as an investment, I've been incredibly blessed by Awakened Church, been here for eight years. I think my first time was the last time at Twin Lakes mm, and it was wow. Zamar onwards. So yeah. I think eight years. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been incredible. I've, I've loved being a part of this church, and it's, it's paid out in dividends. Anything I give in, I'm getting two or three times back. And so me choosing to serve or step up and serve is me doubling down on an investment that is already paying out really, really, really well. Um, and, uh, and I've seen that incredibly true, um, where anytime you step in and serve, you get more invested. You start thinking more in terms of someone who can have an impact on the process, who can have an impact on people. And, um, and then that just keeps on uh, building the equity that you have in the community and in the, in, the, in the family that we have. I'd say the most challenging part is, is probably um, uh, that no one here has it all figured out. It's mm. just part of doing family, there's having a family. You know, We are still figuring out processes and systems and you know, we're constantly changing and adapting to new needs and new situations. And that just takes people that are nimble and positive and solution-oriented. And um, it means that there's never gonna be an absence of problems or an absence of, of uh, new opportunities to figure out something new. And so as soon as we feel like we've got to figure it out, there's a new, a new challenge, there's a new figure, there's a new uh, thing that needs to be figured out. So,
0: But uh, yeah, that's my thing. Cool. Appreciate the analogy, Steven. Good.
3: Goes along even um, that if you know me, I like for things to be done right and be done right the first time in the most efficient way possible, and just like let's just get it done right. Um, and so I think that can be challenging, right? We, like you said, we're we're all a work in progress, and so sometimes it doesn't get done the most efficient way, the quickest possible way. Um, and so that, that can be a, a challenge, at least for me personally, right? Um, I think a reward is just knowing, seeing growth in myself and seeing growth in other people, that we are this family, we're this team, and we're all in it together. And you help me when I'm struggling, and I help you when you're struggling. And um, and that there's just such value in that, and I, I really enjoy that Peace.
0: Amen. That's cool. That's why we're in it. So, very cool. So now, so we've kind of identified, right, who you guys are what it means to be deacon and first responder, but that's not necessarily apply, applicable to most of us in this room. And then the rewarding, the blessings, and challenges of serving in ministry. So if we take a step back and, like, all right, well, but a lot of us, the way we think about ministry is if there's a need, then you know, we either dive in or someone will ask us to come in and serve. And that's kind of how we typically think of ministry. So how does spiritual gifts play into this? What's the importance of that? And and how does that fit into this whole idea of of ministry?
3: I'll take that one. Hooray. (laughs) Um, So I get very excited, if you can't tell. Um, So I think people view serving in ministry um, a lot of times in terms of sacrifice, right? What is this gonna cost me? Who do I have to talk to that I don't know? Where is this gonna fit in my schedule? I don't have time for this. Yeah, it's going okay. I'm sure it's fine, you don't need me. Um, And although God does call us to sacrifice and give of our time and give of our talents, all that, um, he doesn't just say, well, grin and bear it, better do it. Um, He gives us gifts to get the work done. Mm -hmm. What kind of gifts, you may ask? Spiritual gifts, yay! So, (laughs) Um it, It's like, I think about it like this. Um, if you get a gift for Christmas or your birthday, right? Let's say you get a new iPad, a new video game, a new pin, whatever, right? You open it up and the first thing you wanna do is use it, right? You're like, oh, I got this gift. We don't say, wow, I love this iPad, I love this video game. I'm gonna set it over here and just admire it. No, right, I'll use it, right? Give it to me. so. That's why I kind of think of spiritual gifts, right? Is when we put our faith in Jesus, He gives us this gift. He says, "Here, this is for the for the good of the body. This is for the good of the church. Use it. This is what I want you to do with it." Um, so the thing about spiritual gifts is that um, it's like you can put in twice the effort and get sorry half the effort get twice <laughs> the reward, right? Twice that, twice the um, kind of the benefit, twice the results. Um, it's just this kind of area of flow for you, It's this; it just comes naturally, right? Um, you can put in half the effort, get twice the reward, twice the results as someone maybe who isn't gifted in that area. Mm-hmm. But there's another area that they're gifted at, that they put in half the effort and get twice the results, um, which I really, I just love because then all the work gets done without everyone just going crazy, right, of working so hard to get it all done. Yeah. Um, so you may be thinking, right, well, that's nice, Jessica, so I have a spiritual gift. What the heck is it, right? Well, you don't have to wait too much longer to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, after, church. after church today, um, Frank will have partner two class um, and we're we're both counselors, right? I'm a, a mental health counselor as well, and I really just enjoy connecting people with what they're good at, what they like to do, what their skills and talents and abilities are, which also leads to efficiency, FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, so connecting that, right? And and we get rewarded personally, and the body benefits, and really that's what it's for. Yeah. That's what these gifts are for—is yeah. to give back. So stay tuned after church, and you get lunch. Which, let's be honest, who doesn't want lunch? <laughs> so you
2: go. free
0: food, cool.
4: I think um for, for me a lot of it builds off of what you're talking about in in terms of stewardship like you've you've been given this not just for your own edification yeah. right you've been given a skill you've been given a gift for the purpose of something else um and any any anything he gives us is meant to be utilized is meant to be it's meant to turn a profit to come back to the investment language it's meant to be used and and um, uh, for some kind of purpose. It's not just meant to be have, it's not just meant for your benefit, it's meant to benefit the people around you as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, along with what you are saying with the uh, you know, half the effort, twice the results, the cool thing is is that the thing that you're well gifted at, you're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you natu- that's where you naturally want to align. And so um, it's, it's just a matter of like discovering what that is and how you can leverage that to build the kingdom even more.
2: Okay, I think also one thing that I so appreciate about our church, and I'm glad you plugged because I was going to plug, um, because I just I well I just really appreciate that our pastors care so deeply about us knowing um, the giftings that we have and how to utilize them. Um, and I because when we're doing that, we're giving the Holy Spirit freedom to move into our lives and show us what He wants for us, which is kind of going what we're saying in stewardship. If I'm not aware of the gifts that I'm using and I'm going and doing these other things, yes, there's always sacrifice, right? Sometimes Frank's going to be like, hey, Val, I want you to go be a face right now or greet someone. Sorry, that's a (laughs) target. I want you to go and greet someone at the church. And don't get me wrong, I love that, but I love investing. My gift is teaching. So I'll do that sometimes, but the Holy Spirit moves so much um, and even has allowed me, man, I endured X, Y, and Z because I get to use that to bless others or help others. And I think that that's something, if we're not doing that, we miss that integral part of seeing how powerful the Holy Spirit is and how he moves in our lives.
1: Amen. I'm sorry, I got one thing to add to that. Sure. Um, So also, guys, we use the term ministry up here a lot, and we've used it a lot already. Uh, I want you guys to not connect ministry with program because program is completely different from ministry. Your ministry is your sphere of influence. Like, that's what it is. Where, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're at the gym, it doesn't matter. That's your ministry. That's the job that God has given you. Um, my spiritual gift is to be a shepherd. As some, some tell me I'm a shepherd. I look at myself as an exhorter because I like connecting people. Like, I may not con- like connecting with you but I like connecting mm-hmm. you with this person over here because I think you guys would share similar Come interest. Come see that's one not, of us
3: if you, if you need to connect. I'm, yes, connect with each
1: I'm going to go do other things. No, I'm not serious. Um, <laughs> and, and it may not be like I don't want to connect with you. It just may be a time thing. It just may be like all I have right now is a hair's worth of time. I want to say hi to you. I want to know your name. I want to let you know that you're welcome here at our church. Like I want you to know that we want you here. Like that's and, – and not as a part of our church, but as a part of our family. Like that's what I want. And um, and so my ministry, if I had to look at it as a whole, is literally I want people to be connecting because if you're connecting, you find somebody that you can work with and that you can partner with and yeah. you can get more done together. You both can uh, complement, and, um, yeah, you can complement each other in your ministries. Uh, so like the boys at the, at the Mystic Mansion, they've all come together and they've connected and they've built a really awesome place for them to hold a home group, to hold an outreach ministry, same with the girls. Um, it's, and, and so that's the kind of connection that I like to see, and I like to bring people together. We have neighbors in our uh, neighborhood that we've brought together that are now talking and hanging out on a regular basis. And whether that may be biblical or not, like they may, I'm saying, whether that may be church centered or not, um, I've still brought them together, and I still have an opportunity to influence them both. So um, don't confuse ministry with program. Please don't. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. I appreciate that exhortation. So I. Uh... I remember, so my spiritual gift, my primary one tends to be the gift of exhortation, and I remember when someone, I have no idea what that means, and and I don't know if you guys know what that means, but I remember someone sitting down with me once and telling me, you know what the gift of exhortation is? It's the gift of being able to see someone's potential and motivate them to reach it. And I was like, whoa, I had never understood that or thought about it that way before, and that activated so many things for me, and I know... Sometimes we can think of spiritual gifts as putting someone in a box, and you're saying, I don't want to know, it. I don't want to be restricted to doing one thing. And I'm like, but if you understand, like, that is one example. It's like, okay, my gift is seeing people's potential and motivating them to reach it. That opens up horizons for me. It doesn't put me in a box. I happen to do it through communicating and teaching and preaching. That's my heart. But, man, I also love coming alongside and encouraging. If it's a guy, I'll slap you somewhere, and just kind of like, all right, go, you know, and my wife has a similar gift, and she expresses it very differently than I do, but it's, it's that we feel unlocked to be who God has made us to be, and I think that's the heart of what this whole issue of spiritual gifts is about, and I'm excited that you guys have have been a part of discovering that. So let me ask, and then we'll find a question. And maybe if there's some other questions you guys might have specifically, we might have like four or five minutes to tackle those. But if I'm sitting here listening to you for Stooges today and kind of sitting there thinking, all right, I think this sounds amazing, but I'm just, I'm just so busy. I don't have a lot of time. And the church seems to be running smoothly. It might be different if I'm really busy, but there's a lot of need. You know, but I'm really busy. The church is running smoothly. What would motivate me to want to get involved in, in serving in ministry? And if we have someone here, how would you answer that question for them?
2: I'd love to start with that one. Um, I think the the first <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think the first part goes back to what motivates us. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back. I, I said this a little bit earlier. Where is our identity, and our our identity is in Christ, right? And so I want to read, if you guys have your Bibles, Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so once we become a believer, we're called, right, Ephesians 5.1, we're called to imitate Christ. Um, We're called to be holy, for I am holy. We are called to serve, right? It even says, I think it's, I think... (laughs) I think it's Romans 12.1, but it says that, you know, he urges us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And so I think we're all busy, right? We're, we're at, we are all always going to be busy. And there was this, this image, you know, you guys know memes. It's like that's halfway how I communicate with work. But, like, there, there was this meme and it said something along the lines of, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you, um, he'll make you busy. And I want I want to change that verbiage. I don't like bad because once we're a believer, we're our identity's in Him. But if He can't make you sin, then He's going to make you busy. Um, And I think there's a lot there's a lie that if we're too busy, that we can't serve. And yes, of course, is there discernment in stages of life, right? Like if I have if I'm a mom and I'm you know, working and I'm homeschooling my children, doing all of these things, then it's probably not smart for me to be going and saying, yes, Frank, I can head up this entire aspect of our church, right, because I'm not going to do it well. But there's always an area where we can be serving, always. Um, And so that's where using, like we said, the plug, our spiritual gifts. That's where we go to our small group leaders. It's where we go to our pastors and say, I want to serve, um, but I don't know what to do. And um, I also think... That when we take that little step, we're allowed. We don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, and so I want to use kind of an example um, and plug. I, I asked if this is okay. I don't even think they're here, but um, so my um, best friend from high school, who is, we met when we were sixteen, her husband, you guys know Chelsea and Cisco are Belita. Um, I knew them. We were both not believers at the time. Pray, <laughs> praise the good Lord. The transformation that is made, um, but. We were really good friends. They um, Cisco's in the military. They moved. We lost touch after Paul and I were married for about five years. Um, she reaches out to me and told me not only were they in St. John's County where we live, they lived off of the same road that we did. Um, and so we invited them to our church. We invited them to our small group. And I remember Chelsea saying to me, oh, God, I have never... I've never really experienced this vulnerability in small group. and I remember inviting her to a women's event she's like, "Um, I'll go, but do I have to coach anyone? It's not for me. And but she was faithful with where she was at with the busyness of her life and her family's life. and little did we know a year and a half later that our church or not our church, Paul and I were moving from one house to the next, and due to circumstances, due to the hurricane, we ended up being nomads throughout the state of Florida for four months as home group leaders. Um, And we would travel up once a month to be and see our small group, and wouldn't you know that our faithful servants, Cisco and Chelsea, helped carry it to where we are. Not only did we stay strong, but we continued to thrive, and we even have some of our neighbors now who are not believers going to our small group. And a lot of that was Amen. due to that little piece and that step. And so I just urge you to not believe the lie that, oh, the church is running smoothly. There's no place for me because we don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. Um, so, and And Amen. also going back, and I apologize, and I'll let someone else talk, I promise. Um, (laughs) We're all members of one body, right? What is that, 1 Corinthians 12? Where it says over and over in that chapter, we are one body, but many parts. Mm -hmm. One body and many parts. And we need you as a member of this body to be functioning, so.
0: Thanks.
3: Go ahead, Jess. I had something, too. Um, So going off of if the church seems to be running smoothly, right? Sunday's taken care of, Tuesday, right? Everything's running smoothly. Good, good. Um, You know, God calls us to to operate within our spiritual gifts, right? Tying it back to that. But he also calls us to operate outside our spiritual gifts when there's a need, right? We can all help set up chairs. We can all greet people at the door, right? It may not be my spiritual gift, but sometimes I'm called to do that if that's what the church needs. However, it may be your spiritual gift, right? That may be something that you are exceptionally skilled in that if you step into what your role is, your God-given role, then it frees me up to go do mine, which may free somebody up to go do theirs, and we see it's this chain reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important to keep in mind is is if you can plug in and find what your role is. Um, speaking of the body, I always take it back to this little piece in your hand, right? Like, if you think about the body of Christ, we think about like, oh, the eyeballs, or oh, the hands of Jesus, or the feet of Jesus. Nobody talks about this part of the body, right? So maybe you feel like, well, this is, am I this part of the body of Christ? Like, what does that do? There's a need for you, right? It keeps <laughs> the thumb attached. We need you here. Um, so find that piece that that's specific to you. I know it's silly, but I always go back to that. So free some, get involved, free somebody up so that they can go do what they need to be doing and, and it continues. Um, also, if you're finding that you're super busy and don't have time for this, um, we, we talked last week in um, leadership gathering about building in margins to your life, right? If you are top to bottom, side to side, packed in your schedule, maybe build in some margins, right? Free yourself up so that when an opportunity does come to serve, that you can plug in there. You can say, I have time for that, right? Yeah, Cool.
4: Hi. I love the margin piece, um, and thank you for sharing the testimony before worship as well because cool. you had somewhere to go you had somewhere to be, there was like, there was commitments that you had, but the ability to hear and respond to God, it interrupts our schedule, it interrupts the things that we we're going to do. Other things could have happened without money. And the reality is that if, if we hear God prompting us to do something and we ignore it, he's not going to prompt us as frequently, right? Like if we're faithful with what he's prompting us to do and we act, I promise you the next time he says, go spend $200 on baby supplies, you're going to do it. Because it's the right thing to do, because you know it's God calling you to do it. Yeah. Um, I love what you're talking about with the like the small amounts of uh, investment. Yeah. Um, I I used to think so. Remember the parable that Jesus said where if you plant, you know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it'll be moved. I I always used to think that he was talking about the quantity size of the mustard seed, where he's saying like if you have this amount of faith that you can say to this, and I was sort of like, I feel like I've got that amount of faith. Like that's a really small amount of faith. <laughs> But nothing like that has ever happened. Maybe I don't have any faith at all, like if that's what you're talking about. But the reality is that it's any small amount of faith planted, nurtured, grows into something exponentially more than you thought it was. And so these small acts of faithfulness, even though it's not large, even though it's not massive, it's small. Because obedience to hear God's voice and say, this is what I'm calling you to go do, it's preceded by a dozen or two dozen or 10,000 small decisions of him saying, I need you to speak up right now. And you speak. And he says, good. Yeah. And he says, I need you to give that person a hug. And you give that person a hug. And he says, good. And it starts building. And, but small acts of faith when
1: it's planted
4: grows. Cool.
1: Um, right. I've got one more thing. So these people. So y'all are my people. <laughs> okay. Thumb okay. I love you guys. Uh, I'm the first to volunteer. and you, And like she said, it holds the thumb on right? And so without the thumb, we can't grasp. We can't do anything. And I think that is a very powerful image. If you don't know where you fit, okay, you fit in the sound booth. You fit here Sunday mornings, taking the flags out. You fit here Sunday after church cleaning up. You fit right where you're sitting. Like you're my people. Okay. So don't feel If you feel like you have nowhere to be, like I cannot serve anywhere find somebody that's doing something random and what seems menial and get there because guaranteed you're going to find so much purpose and satisfaction being in that mode and, and serving. And also if you're too busy to be here at nine thirty on a Sunday morning, you might want to give up your Starbucks or your donut. Yeah. Like that's, that's all it takes. Like that literally is all it takes. I mean, JP, I don't know what time you got here, pal, but it had to have been like 10 o'clock to take the flags out. You know, <laughs> I love JP. If you guys don't know JP, know JP. Um, but take, but take the flags out. You know, it, it, he has a truck, but I've done it in the back of my car. I mean, he was here at 10 o'clock. What was that? I got up 15 minutes earlier and made it to church that much earlier. It's it's not a lot. It may seem busy. And it may be like Sunday. I'm just gonna sleep in. But it just takes that once a month little bit to to get yourself. Out of, out of feeling like you're so busy. Cool. It, it's called the Perlicue, I just looked it up. That's that's
0: the. That's your word for the day, the ladies and gentlemen, presented to perlicue. you by Stephen Freeman. We'll have that up so on the I website later. So the time to name that is pretty impressive. So, I, so our time needs to, to wrap them around. I didn't know if, and this is I didn't prep them for this, if there's any thoughts or questions or even something specific we can share. Otherwise you're gonna have to hear me share a story or something to kind of burn us out. But is there anything that you guys want to ask while we had these guys up here? Instead of a waking Q&A, we just kind of do a... Yes? I just wanted to say that I'm, like,
3: super proud, like, even though this is my first time visiting, like, I'm super proud that you guys are, like, actively trying to create the type of church that's in the Bible, that they say, where everybody was working in their gifts.
0: Amen. I don't see that anywhere, and that's amazing that you guys are creating that. Amen. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Appreciate that. Yeah, and our people are excited, too. I mean, it eases the load all around when we share it. So cool. Any other questions, comments, thoughts?
1: I love your hair, Frank.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it needs some work. It's graying, but I appreciate that. So, all good? So, let's wrap up, and, uh, and again, I want to, I want to appreciate these guys, and I know I've been making fun of them and joking with them, but they really are exceptional people, exceptional saints, and, and one of the things I love about our deacons, men and women deacons, and our first responders is, uh, Realizing that a few weeks ago we had our pastors up here, and I totally get that sometimes sitting in the congregation you're looking and saying, That's great. We love the we love that they set an example, but I don't necessarily know if I can follow the example. I'm not I don't want to be a pastor, I don't want to be a shepherd. And and sometimes we need examples, people that we can look to in our lives that are blazing the way, blazing a path that we might want. To follow, And I think more than anything else, I love that our men and women deacons and our first responders, they're blazing that path, right? That the idea is that anyone in our church who says, I'm excited about serving in ministry, I'm showing myself to be faithful. And over the course of time, God is building habits of maturity in me. And then the opportunity to dive into the leadership development stuff that this church does. And at some point, they're like, we don't have a restriction on who can be. A, uh, a deacon or deaconess or first responder, that's an aspect of leadership that's earned because people have demonstrated themselves to be faithful. They're committed to growing in maturity and serving the body. And I think they set an example that's easy for you guys to be able to look at and follow. And I want to encourage and challenge you guys to do so. Not that that looks—that's the, that's the pastors off the hook of being good example. We're just saying that that burden can sometimes be dismissed. Like, well, they're the pastors. They're supposed to be. That's not the same for me. Well, that's certainly not true for these guys, right? And I, I love that they blaze a path for you all. So anyway, with that... Um we're going to uh, there, wrap up our.
4: Are there other deacons and first responders in the church?
0: I'm sorry. Yes, there are. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> great Stephen. question. Are, are we it? <laughs> no, no, no. I no. I hope we've not. got a number. I think we've got seven deacons and deaconesses that are in the church, and a number of probably that same amount of first responders in our church that are serving faithfully in some capacity or another. I didn't come prepared to recite them off the top of my head. I could make all of you stand and embarrass you, but we won't do that. feel like, yes, I feel like, no, I, it. I feel like yes. It. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. I'll point right, them
1: well, out. I'll point them out. They don't have to stand up. I'll point them out.
0: So I know, I know most of you. So, okay, we'll take a moment and stand up because I see Gary over there. Gary is uh, has been <laughs> one of our deacons. Hi, Gary. Gary serves as the deacon on our board. <laughs> and we're excited for the work that he does so faithfully and diligently, and Paul is one of our first responder deacons, he's as, standing well as already as a home group in our church, <laughs> and then back in the back, we have Larry Kirk, who's our deacon overseeing our Sunday morning ministries, in case you didn't guess, so yeah, he's not just our closer, like, he literally makes sure this whole thing runs every Sunday, we've got Kelly O'Brien over there, who does so many things, like a jack-of-all-trades, so faithful, does such a fantastic job, and then... I'm, I, it's harder for me yeah, to see Caroline's up here. Caroline's back there. Caroline Freeman. She's a sweetheart. She's amazing. She is literally the sweetest person in our church. You can go and lick her arm, and you're like, oh, that's true. You know, so that's really amazing too. And then, okay, Jackie Dubay. Jackie Dubay. Oh, see, I can't see. I just see darkness because you're back behind. So Jackie, okay, there might be a competition on who's the sweetest in our church now that I think about it, but that's okay. (laughs) And then who's the one I missed? Edwards, Edwards, Nathan and Dana. So you're gonna get a chance to see Nathan and Dana because they oversee our prayer ministry. They do such a phenomenal job, and I think... Prayer ministry is one of those ministries in churches that can oftentimes get lost. It's like every church will be like, we want a thriving prayer ministry, but to get it off the ground and to be able to have that consistently run in meaningful ways, that's always a challenge. And I love that Nathan and Dana spearhead that, and they're actually going to be spearheading our prayer service, which we're jumping in and doing next week. So that's going to be really, really cool. And want to invite you guys to be a part of it, because it'll be a neat experience for you guys to enjoy. So is there anyone else I'm missing? Oh, Tim Hines, who's... And, yeah, JB and Alyssa. So yeah. I know JB's here. Oh, they're in the back. Yep. They're uh, handling kids stuff. kids. Yeah. And
1: Tim. Tim is on a cruise with his wife. <laughs> I'm so what? happy for him. Yes.
0: All right. He's totally sinning because he's he not allowed totally to be on a cruise bad. having fun while we're in church. No, yes. I'm just kidding. All right. So. Okay, Frank, real Those quick. are our.
1: Uh, guys, we've talked about all our first responders and our deacons, and this is all authoritative, and we've all trusted and gone through leadership. I want you guys to know you do not have to do that. To serve. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't know if we For said sure. that or made that clear. Like literally, I don't know what I did. I showed up and helped take out trash a bunch at a bunch of events that Andrew Roberts did. Like and then they were like, Hey, you look like a guy who run a home group. Come and just show up and guaranteed other people will point out to you what you need to do. But come come and show yeah. up first.
0: Absolutely. We love that our saints are part of service. And it's it's interesting, I don't know if you guys are sensing, it. I'm just on the outside listening in, like a lot of the ministries they're sharing is like kind of frontline ministries. That's not necessarily totally reflective. I mean, Again, the goal and heart of what we wanna encourage in you all as a church is is that ministry is exciting. It opens doorways of opportunity. That being said, there are also ministries of need. We understand that too, right? And I think part of our willingness to dive in is the willingness, the heart that says, Lord, I'm willing to do both, right? I wanna dive in and help meet needs and care for others in real practical hands-on ways. And then I also wanna see gifts unlocked and ministries, opportunities that get opened up as a result of that too. And as as a church, we wanna affirm both of those. Uh, in the body and in you. So, amen? amen? Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you all very, very much for the encouragement. And let me close this out in a word of prayer, and then we'll have Larry uh, end this day today. Lord, we thank you so much uh, for your great love for us. I love the picture that you've shown us in the book of Acts, that when the the church, the people of God, gathered together in groups to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to being able to serve one another, care for one another, and to give to one another as there was need. And just that picture is what the church is all about. And it's sad, because I think sometimes we've lost that picture of what church is supposed to be, and we've... we've We've covered up with all of these other things, like churches are supposed to be political or be conservative or make declarations or statements or whatever, and we end up entangling so many other things into that picture. And, and the simplicity of the body of believers is to be the people of God under the authority of Jesus, doing the work, being the hands and feet of, of doing the work that you would do if you were here physically with us and among us, and to know that you are working in and through us to impact the world and the community that we're uh, immersed in, God. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for the great love that you have towards us, and I pray for our saints to be encouraged, refreshed, and to make the effort and take the time to discover their place in the body and then to dive in and serve in that capacity. Uh, We love you. We thank you and praise you for this time, for this series, and for these saints who have been faithfully sharing their stories, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.